Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host today, as always, and I have a quote for you today from Albert Einstein. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift. The rational mind is a faithful servant. We've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about that intuitive mind with our guest expert, Melanie Barnum. She is a psychic, medium, international author, intuitive counselor, life coach, reflexologist, and hypnotist who has been practicing professionally for almost 20 years. Melanie enjoys helping others connect to their loved ones, discover their own greatness, and dive into their intuitive abilities through individual and group sessions, workshops, and mentoring. Her seven books have been translated into many languages, and they include her newest book, Manifest Your Year, and her card deck, Psychic Symbols, Oracle Cards. Melanie's upcoming book, Intuition at Work, will be released in April of next year. So let's dive in and introduce Melanie. How are you, Melanie? Hi, Heather. So happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear more. So, you know, how did you know? How did you know that you were a psychic? <laughs> like, I got to ask. That's like my driving question. I was thinking about it all morning. <laughs> well, you know, it's a very interesting thing that happened to me. I have always been able to read people, but I thought that everybody did that. So I was always able to kind of tune into their energy and understand what drove people and what made them kind of who they were. But I never realized that everybody else didn't do that, you know, naturally. And one day, a little over 20 years ago, I was in my dining room and I felt like I was hit over the head with a bat. And I heard the words, you need to do this work now. And I kind of looked around and said, what the heck was that? Because that was crazy. But I knew instinctively, as soon as I heard those words, I knew exactly what they were talking about. And when I say they, I mean my guides, my loved ones on the other side. I knew that they were saying you need to be a psychic and help other people. Yeah, it was a, a little bit, you know, disconcerting at first. And I, I kind of said, no way am I going to do this. I was the controller of a company. I had just left that position to open my own store, my own boutique. And I said, I am not just going to hang out a shingle that says psychic. I think that's a little crazy. I was a little too rational at the time. <laughs> You've gotten over that though, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> So, so that's an interesting twist. So you come from the corporate world. So was there any of that underlying kind of belief system, the things that you learned, the things that you knew other thing, other people, you know, thought about this stuff? Were there fears related to telling people? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine being the controller of a company, being in charge of the finances, money. <laughs> you know, being in charge of other people that were in, you know, controlling the, the money at the time. Um, and then owning my own store, as I said, I was kind of beside myself with the 
the thought of doing this because even though I knew as soon as I heard those words, I knew this to be my true calling. And I had always felt, you know, very right, left brained. I've always had that kind of dichotomy within and I was never truly happy just doing one or the other. I knew that everybody was going to look at me like I was nuts. So I set out to learn everything I possibly could about psychic ability and about doing this type of work because I thought, again, with my rational side that there's no way I'm just going to do this without people asking me what my background was. Yeah. So that's kind of where it all began. And <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of fear involved there for sure. I'm sure there was. And now for my you know, personal curiosity. So I happen to be a very intuitive, empathic person. But then the jump to, you know, speaking to your loved ones who have passed on, like, are there people who have maybe some of those abilities, but not all of them? Like, or is it kind of like, how does that work? So one of the things that I tell people all the time, because I get this question more often than you'd imagine, mm -hmm. um, is there is a difference between being intuitive and having, you know, that that cop's hunch or that mother's intuition or that that feeling, you know, of the, the goosebumps on the back of your neck. Um, there is a difference in and becoming and being a professional psychic or medium. When people um, ask me, you know, how do you know uh, that what you're doing is real? Obviously, I get feedback about it, but also it's because I can feel people's dead people around me. Um, and most people don't actually have that, but most people do have a sense of intuition. When I talk about being psychic versus intuitive, it's more that it's a deeper connection. And I compare it kind of to, you know, everybody can touch a piano key, but not everybody will be Mozart or Beethoven. Right. Um, everybody, you know, everybody can pick up a book and read, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be a speed reader or everybody can write, obviously not everybody, but most people can write a word down on a piece of paper. doesn't mean that you're going to be a best selling novelist. So it's kind of that, you know, you develop that gift and you're actually more naturally attuned to it. And the mediumship, for some people, they have it instantly and they're born with it. For other people, they develop it a bit as they go. And it's because they start to understand where the message is and where the information that they're picking up on, um, they start to understand where it comes from. And a lot of times it's from the loved ones on the other side. And mm -hmm. once you once you kind of grasp that concept that it's from the person's loved ones that you're talking to, um, then it becomes a lot easier to tune into that specific loved one or to the other loved ones that are around. Can you shut it down? Like, like meaning that like mm -hmm. I just had this probably erroneous feeling or vision that you're there's like, it's really noisy in your head. Like, can you, can you say, you know what? I need a little quiet time. Absolutely. I tell people all the time that if I were to constantly read you, if I were to sit down to have a cup of coffee with a friend and I was constantly on and constantly reading you, I would not be able to focus on the conversation we were having. I wouldn't be able to just sit there without interrupting you nine times out of ten about what your dead people were saying. So, mm -hmm. yes, you can absolutely shut it down. You can, you know, essentially what I do is I say I am not working right now. I'm just having fun. I don't want to, you know, see or talk to or hear 
uh, everybody's dead people around me or just messages from the other side. I don't want that all the time. And so you can absolutely shut it down or you can quiet it down, which is kind of what I, I like to say. Wow. I think that that's really good news because <laughs> because I could only imagine how difficult it would be to not be able to do that. So yeah. you're saying that there is an element of it being, you know, some 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 natural ability, but I imagine that you can get better, right? Can you study for this? Absolutely. So as I said earlier, when I first felt like I had to start doing this work and and honestly, there was no going back when I started this. I was so into it and I was so excited about the possibilities that were opening up to me. I set out to learn everything I possibly could. So I started going to classes and taking workshops with people that were local psychics or mediums or energy workers. And I started taking classes and workshops with people that were huge and very widely recognized and, you know, on a worldwide level. And it didn't matter who I was doing classes with. Everything just clicked. And I realized that, okay, I am meant to do this work because I definitely had a natural affinity for it. And it felt really good. It just made me really, really happy when I was mm-hmm. doing it. I love that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just going to take a moment <laughs> with that <laughs> because I think that that people underestimate that knowing that emotional connection to feeling happy and really good when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, that purpose side of you. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people that come to me think that, well, I I enjoy this, but that's not supposed to, that's not right. It's supposed to be work and hard. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) So that's kind of neat that you brought that up. Now, it says about hypnosis as well in your bio. How is that different? So hypnosis is, it's kind of fun of, kind of a funny story how I started doing hypnosis. I felt like I needed to validate what I was doing. I felt like I needed to have some kind of almost technical background. So I set out to kind of learn about what other things I could offer people besides just hanging out that psychic shingle. And the hypnosis just kind of fell into my lap. And I realized that through becoming a a certified hypnotist, I was able to help people on a practical level with, with anything from smoking cessation to past life regression and connecting to who they may have been before they were who they were in this world, in this lifetime. And hypnosis was almost my way in to making me feel a little bit more legit or legitimized. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot more people, I think it's it's maybe, I don't know, been um, something that more and more people are becoming familiar with for some of those um, issues like you're talking about smoking or, you know, anxiety, things like that. And so I guess I could see how that would help with that. But I, I got to go back to you just mentioned a term that I would love some more information about. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. So yeah, you let might, me guess. Past life regression. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So talk to me about this one. Okay. So past life regression uh, essentially means that 
I will take you back in a hypnotic state and regress you back to a lifetime that may have had everything to do with the lifetime that you're currently in. And oftentimes what happens is you may have fears or phobias in this lifetime that can be helped and can actually be halted by going back into a lifetime where you discover that you had the same types of fears, but you've carried them forward into this lifetime. And once you're able to kind of figure that out and discover who you were before and what you were afraid of or what had happened to you in that lifetime, you're able to realize why you carried it forward. And instantly those fears and those phobias can disappear. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So what does that look like though for people? Do they, do they come out of the hypnosis understanding what happened or like, do you have to fill them in? Like everybody is different. So hypnosis in general is a kind of a very deep, uh, guided meditation that has a goal. So Mm -hmm. hypnosis, like I said, is kind of a very deep guided meditation that has a goal and that's what separates it from regular meditation And some people go extremely deep and don't remember a lot of what happened, but I, uh, I like to write everything down. So I will ask you questions that will help you to discover who you were, where you were, what you were doing in that lifetime. And then when you come out of the hypnosis session, I'll, I'll read everything back to you and let you know. And nine times out of 10, people will remember a hundred percent of what they talked about. And they'll say, oh my God, I cannot believe that that just happened. And I can't believe that that's where this fear or that that's where this phobia or that's where this lifetime of learning this lesson is coming from. Mm-hmm. So most people do recognize and do understand that. Interesting, because I, I had a, a very positive um, hypnosis session where I remembered everything. I felt like I was in really deep, but I remembered everything, but there was none of the, the, we didn't go past this life. So I was just curious as to the difference. So it's good to know that if, you know, people want to know and they're really, really deep into it, that you write it down and you, and you can remind them when they come back out of it. Can you solve some of these fears in like one session or does it have to be multiple sessions? Well, it really depends on how deep you're able to go with the client or how deep the client is able to go. Mm -hmm. And it also depends on how open the client is to discovering these things. Because sometimes the fear is so deeply hidden that you need to kind of go a little bit deeper. And it may be a little frightening for the client because, you know, it's hard to face those fears. So absolutely, you can help to... Uh, soften those fears and help to bring about change in your current lifetime just after one session. Wow. That's really, really cool. Now you have written seven books that have been translated into many languages. They're very, very popular. Did you set out to be an author or was it another one of these? I kind of you know, it just kind of happened because I knew somebody like, did you always want to be an author? So that's interesting as well, because when my mom was alive and when I was young, you know, she'd always tell me you, everybody has one great book inside of them. Mm. Everybody has at least one great book. And, you know, I always kind of took that to heart and I always believed that, but I never thought that I could actually do that. And then uh, one day I kind of said, 
you know, I always teach people to develop their own intuition. I always teach how to do this. I really should just write about this. And I started writing a book and um, I also felt like I was at the point in my life where I needed to get it all down on paper. Mm. And then comes the harrowing, you know, process of finding a publisher and I knew if I tuned into my intuition, I would see the spine of the first book that I ever wrote. I would see on the spine the publisher's name or their logo. And so when I did that, I immediately saw the the moon, which is the the logo for Llewellyn Worldwide Publications, which is, you know, one of the top um, publishers in this genre. And I said, there is no possible way they are ever going to accept my book for publishing. But I sent out a query letter to them and they loved the idea and they wanted to see more. And I said, okay, this can't possibly happen. And so I'm going to send out a couple other query letters. So I sent out like two or three other ones. But meanwhile, Llewellyn came back and they said, yes, we want you to write this book for us. And I've been with them ever since. And I've been, yeah, I have been extremely, extremely lucky in finding my publisher because that usually does not happen. You can go through yeah, it doesn't <laughs> you go through, you know, hundreds of query letters and, you know, agents and publishers and they will all turn you down. Um, so I just I literally tuned into my intuition, used my intuitive guidance and, you know, took that leap, even though I was afraid and fearful of the idea of it. I took that leap and it worked and I was extremely grateful and still am. That's great. And they are also, so they've been publishing all of your books and they're the ones that are doing the, um, the upcoming one for next year too. Yeah. And also, you know, I wanted to say all of my books are pretty similar. Um, there's a couple that are a little bit different, but all of them are pretty similar. And then there's exercises in every single one. So when we're talking about the things that I do and discovering how intuitive you are and, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not you can do past life regression, most of my books or all of my books have exercises in them to help you discover that. That is very cool. I love that. And I'm going to ask you, think about this for a moment. I'm going to come back to this, but I'm going to ask you if there's any of those exercises or tips or something that you might be able to tease our audience with that you can give them that they might be able to think about or take away today. Um, but uh, while you're thinking about that, I'm going to ask you, you know, the, the title of this podcast is from fear to fire, and this is all seeming to flow fearlessly. So (laughs) have you had a situation in your life where, you extreme, you know, experienced extreme um, challenge or fear, and and what did you learn from it, Heather? To say that I have never been afraid of this <laughs> would be an outright lie. I I absolutely have been fearful of doing this work from the from day one. The repercussions of how people would look at me, what people would say about me, whether people would believe in me, whether people would believe what I do, scared the heck out of me from day one. Um, I was able to overcome it because I just knew and I felt, and right now I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because I knew that this is what I had to do. There was no questioning it. There was no going back and saying, nope, can't do this. Um, And not to mention, by the way, I had just had a new baby I, you know, was married to a wonderful man, still am, who had just quit his job to open up his own business. 
And I had just quit my job as the controller of a company to open up my own business. And I was now, you know, at this point after studying for a while, now I'm pregnant with another baby and we're selling my store and we're moving, you know, four towns over to a new home. So that alone from a business perspective was just crazy when I go back and think about how, you know, fearful I was about doing all this, but at the same time, just knowing that I had to. So I was able to overcome it by knowing that I had to. And then I also, uh, one of my books, I think it was my fourth book possibly, is called Psychic Vision. Um, I had to go deep and really, really deep into finding out the science behind being psychic because I was so afraid of what, you know, what I would be able to tell people and how I would be able to kind of respond that I ended up taking classes called co- coordinate remote viewing classes um, that was ta- that were taught by a ex-government employee who was in the military who uh, taught me and, you know, my 400 classmates in the same methods that our government teaches psychic spies. And I'll say that again because it sounds a little crazy, <laughs> but our government still has programs that teaches psychic spying. And they've, they've been on TV, they proved it, they've shown it, but they do quick little blurps so that people don't really pay attention to it. Um, <laughs> but I needed to go deep. So I learned from this uh, retired army major who had been in trainings and had done this work for the government based on a program that was put together by the Stanford Research Institute by uh, scientists and, you know, our our people are trained by these incredible scientists um, from Stanford who are teaching us how to do this psychic work. But the way that they did it was very scientific. And, you know, I obviously am certified in this process and they, they taught you that it's not about quote unquote being psychic, but it's a scientific process that has to do with, and I'm not going to get too heavy into it, but it has to do with, you know, energy and how, you know, we have a timeline that folds back on itself and quantum physics. And it's really pretty deep. But by doing that and by writing this book about both perspectives and how to do this work for both types of people, both left and right brained, it allowed me to kind of come out of my fear a little bit because I have a scientific basis for it and why it works and how it works. Now, having said that, every time I would say, well, I'm getting this psychically (laughs) during my workshops and my classes and my trainings, they would say, look, this is not about being psychic. This is about following the procedure. And I would always jump ahead to what they call different targets that we were supposed to be uh, viewing, you know, distant in time and space. And I would say, well, I psychically get, and they'd say, you're not psychic. That's not what it's about, but it's exactly what it's about, but on a scientific level. So I was able to kind of partially overcome my fear of being honest to people about what I do and who I am by saying, look, there's scientific proof. There's background here. This is not something I'm just pulling out of the air. And I got to the point, and I've kind of always been there, where I said, you know, I don't have to prove anything to you. You can believe me or not believe me, or, you know, you can choose to ask me questions, and I will gladly open open myself up to answer the questions. Um, but it's really kind of nice that I was able to get to that other side and get to that less fearful side by learning about the actual rational scientific basis. Because, again, I am 
equally, you know, based on all of the personality trainings and all of the kind of brain function trainings I've been given, I am very equally left and right brain. So I need that balance. I need that kind of rational, logical, practical side, as well as that spiritual, emotional, psychic, intuitive side. And this kind of gave me that that background. And I'm able to tell people, look, you know, if they really challenge it, look, go read my book. It'll show you everything about who was in the program, what they were able to discover, what you can accomplish yourself by doing it this way scientifically versus, you know, how I work and what I do psychically um, and how other psychics work. And it really led me to that place where I was able to kind of get beyond the fear. Okay. There's so many things in here that I love. One, <laughs> one is that, the, you know, it's such a simple, when we're in a state of fear, we tend to like get into our own heads and, and we, we think through things that could potentially happen that never will, but could potentially happen. And we, we get stuck and immobilized. And one way to release that is to get more information that is real, right? To find out what the reality of the situation is instead of what we've made up in our heads. And so that's what you did. You looked at the reality of the situation, including all of the scientific facts there. So that's pretty cool. But the real thing that I'm attracted to, I have to tell you, is that my very first thing that I wanted to be when I was growing up was a spy. So now you've given <laughs> me, me this, me like, oh, I want to be a psychic spy. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, am I too old to do that? I'm probably too old to do that now. Huh? Darn it. <laughs> I still like it. I, th I still find it appealing. So thank you for sharing that. Now I've You're given welcome. you enough time. Is there something that is a tip, a suggestion, an idea that our listeners could maybe take away that you have for them? Sure. I mean, one of the best things to do is to protect yourself from other people's energy in the beginning of this session or in the beginning of this podcast you talked about how you are an em empath mm -hmm. and being an empath means that you take on other people's energy and if you don't yeah. know how if you don't know how to protect yourself from that it can be a burden it can be extremely overwhelming whether you know that you're intuitive or not whether you know that you're empathic or not doesn't really matter it just happens so if you create kind of this you know beautiful bubble of energy around you and allow it to work kind of like a screen where people can come to you and you can accept their energy and what they're telling you and what they're talking about so that you can, you know, sympathize and empathize with their lives or what they're going through. But at the same time, it's still kind of blocking out any negative energy that's coming towards you, whether it's, you know, intentional or not, doesn't really matter. Um, people give off negative energy all the time. So... Mm -hmm. If you're able to kind of block that out by using that screen, that kind of beautiful bubble, and just imagine and envision and feel the energy of that bubble all around you, it can help to protect you from taking on other people's stuff or other negativity, but it can still allow you to feel the energy of other people and read the energy of other people without taking it on as your own. And that usually is kind of the first step in learning how to protect yourself so that you can then move on and gather other intuitive information from people, from places, from things. Melanie, where were you 10 years ago? <laughs> 
when I was just allowing everybody's energy in and I it was making me physically ill because uh-huh. if you spend too much time with negative people and that energy can actually can has the capacity to make me physically ill. So I have learned a version of what you're talking about, but I love your your beautiful bubble visualization and um <laughs> wish I had gotten that advice a few <laughs> years before but I you know that's a great tip for people who if you're out there if you're listening um that now in particular but anytime to be able to spend a little quiet time creating that bubble so that when you need it it's available for you um so Let's see. I would like to know. Oh, my goodness. We are almost out of time. Okay. So before I ask you something else that I want to know, how about we let people know how they they can reach you? And I know you've got a a great free audio download for people. So if you can just tell them about your website or anything else that you want them to know, and then I'll, I'll, you know, come back to you with another question. Sure. So my website is simply MelanieBarnum.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-B-A-R-N-U-M.com. And everything about me, all of my books, all of my cards, my sessions that I offer, everything is on there. And if you want to follow me, you can look me up on Facebook, Melanie Barnum Psychic, and on Instagram, Melanie Barnum Psychic, and on Twitter, Melanie Barnum Psychic. You've made it so easy for people. That's fantastic. And I will make sure that we add some of these links to the show notes to make it even easier for people who, you know, right now can't write it down. You can just go to the show notes and click and get right over to see a little bit more about Melanie and all the amazing things that she offers. And you also have said that you've got a free audio. Is it a meditation? It is a meditation. I have a couple different ones. So if you go onto my website, you'll see uh, little opportunities throughout the website uh, to download a free meditation. Excellent. Okay. So we'll make sure that people have that opportunity as well. Thank you so much for that. So is there something that you would just love for people to walk away with from this 30 minutes together? So my greatest desire is for everybody to discover their own greatness, whether it's through their intuitive vibes, whether they're getting intuitive messages or nudges, it's time to start paying attention to what makes you feel good. And uh, again, what, what makes you feel like you've stepped into your own power and stepped into your own greatness, whether it be, again, through intuition or through those gentle nudges that you feel on a daily basis, but you may not pay attention to, it's time to begin to step into that because that's the only way you will ever be truly happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that in order to be successful in any way, shape, or form, the basis of that success has to come happy. So you need to step into that power. You need to pay attention to what your intuition is telling you and you need to step into your greatness. Oh, I love this. I mean, I feel like so many people think it's the opposite that when they get successful, then they'll be happy. And I'm with you where it's completely the opposite. If you can figure out what makes you happy, then you'll become successful, right? 
Exactly. I love that. And stepping into your greatness. My goodness, Melanie, I've really enjoyed this time. Thank you so much for you, your intuitive wisdom and your tips. I'm sure people will have gotten so much out of this. And for those of you who are listening, if you love it, make sure to share it with a friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Have a great one. You too. 